am, oh, I am fired up just watching that Emerge video. Come on. Guys, it's going to be so good. Awesome. Well, who doesn't love a good story, right? I know I love a good story. I love movies where, you know, you, you kind of end up just like, maybe it's just me, but I stand up and I'm like cheering on, right? Right, Vince? Yeah. I'm, I'm cheering on, right? And the thing that makes a good movie is tension, right? I mean, movies with no tension are kind of boring, right? You end up just kind of looking at yourself saying, why am I watching this, right? Maybe it's just me, no? Right, I love, one of my favorite movies is Miracle. And you, no one likes that movie? Come on, God. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, you need to go watch it. It's about the U.S. hockey team uh, that beats Russia in the 1980 Olympics, and it is so good. And I love the story of a comeback, right? I also love Shawshank Redemption. Okay, a few more people like that one. Come on. So good. I love it. I love the moment when you realize how it all comes together. But there's some time in that movie that if you kind of stopped watching the story, you'd be like, this is depressing, right? Right? There has to be some tension to make a really good story. But honestly, Hollywood has nothing on the Bible. The Bible has some pretty crazy stuff going on. If you guys haven't read it, let me tell you, go back in there, read it. There's some amazing stories. And this morning, I'm really excited because I am going to share one of my very, very favorite stories in the Bible, um, the story of Joshua and the city of Jericho. And don't worry, I'm not going to read like 20 verses, but I am going to, we're going to have some story time this morning. You guys with me? Yes? Awesome. Okay, well, open up your Bibles. We are going to go into the Bible, and we're going to start there, and then I'm going to kind of help us put ourselves in the story. Because I think sometimes when we read the Bible, it's easy to just read and not really think about it as if we were there. Because this isn't just a storybook. It really happened, and it, it's something that we can relate to. So let's look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 says, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you will march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one last blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people will charge straight into the town. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is living, that it is powerful, and I pray that you would just impart this morning the word that you want us to hear. Amen. Okay, wait. So let's just think about this story for a second, right? This is one of those moments that if I'm Joshua, I'm going, wait, God, wait, what? Like, okay, thank you. Like, so excited that you say that the city is ours. Yes. Okay. This is just an insight into my head, just for you guys all know now. Um, he's going to be going, wait, can you, can you just give me that battle plan again? It just seems a little bit, like it doesn't really make sense, right? You want us to... March? Wait, mar you, you must have meant, like, get our 
our gear on, like all of our battle gear, right? You want us to like climb the wall? No, oh, you want us to march. Okay, all right. You want us to march and you want us to carry ram's horns. Okay, all right. And you want us to have the Ark of the Covenant, which is our most prized thing that we have because it represents your presence. You want us to carry that in front of our enemies in silence. Sure. Yeah, that, sure, that sounds like a great, no, right? No, this is not, a, I mean, I'm not a, a sergeant in the army. You guys may have thought I was. I know I'm tough. I, I actually am tough, so <laughs> I can throw down. Yes, my hype team over there, they know I can throw down. But I'm just saying, I don't think that's in the book that's like how to take a city. Like the the battle books, maybe they, they're not probably called battle books, but the books that tell you how to take a city, I guarantee you it doesn't say step one, march around the city. And then go back to your camp. You're only going to march one time. And then go back to your camp. And then the day two comes, you're going to march around the city one time in silence. Now, that's something that, honestly, I hadn't really picked up on when I've read this before, but they actually were told to not say anything, to not make a sound. So, again, just interesting, interesting plan, right? So, they're, they're told to march around. And so, Joshua, you know, maybe he's just a lot braver than I am. We'll be talking about that in a minute. But he doesn't, he doesn't talk back to God, right? We see sometimes in the Bible where people have it out with God, which is sometimes a good thing to do. But in this case, Joshua doesn't. He just takes to the plan and he says, we're doing this. He doesn't call like together a um, little council. He doesn't get his like, even his main leaders together. He doesn't get a poll. He doesn't try to get people's opinions, right? So what actually happens is, so God tells him to do this, to march around the city six times in silence, one time per day. And then on the seventh day, they are told to march around seven times. So they do it. They get up really, really early on the seventh day at dawn, and they march around the city. And they march around, and they march around seven times. You can only imagine what they were thinking, Right? Every night at camp, the anticipation, like think about if you guys have ever ran a marathon or a big race or maybe you were in sports and the night before the big game, that anticipation. Or maybe the night before a big, you know, project at school or a work proposal or whatever it is, that anticipation. They had that for six nights. Six days of silence, six nights of anticipation. You know that the energy was just electric. And now they're marching and marching, and the, the anticipation is just building. What an epic moment. And all of a sudden, the, finally, they get their seventh time. Now, just imagine with me for a minute what Joshua. Okay, he's the leader. This is all on him. Leadership comes with a, a bit of a weight sometimes, okay? Because if this doesn't work, if this does not work, it's everyone's turning to him saying, wait a second. 
you said that the walls were going to come down, right? So just, some, just I want you to really get in his mind for a minute. In this moment of anticipation, right, when they're, they're blowing those horns, he's like, okay, here we go. Everyone's going to shout. The walls are coming down. Just hit the mic with my tooth, sorry. The walls are coming down. Let's check out verse 20. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Wow. It happened, right? It happened. But first they had to do it. First, they had to actually do the crazy plan that God told them to do. They didn't have the assurance. They didn't know the end of the story. They had to do it. What I want us to look at this morning is what gave Joshua such a brave heart that he would step out. He would go all in on God's plan. He had a nation Millions of people following him. And he was willing to step out. And so my message this morning is called Braveheart. My inner 90s uh, child, teenage girl is very excited about that. Love it. Love me some Braveheart, the movie. But this morning we're going to look at how do we have a brave heart? Because I feel... And I believe that as Christians, as those of us called to live like Christ, we are all actually called to live with a brave heart. And so the first thing I want to show us this morning that I love about Joshua and that gives him a brave heart is that, he, that you need to trust the word of God over the opinion of man. You need to trust the word of God over the opinion of man. And you know that sounds good, right? Like that sounds almost like a churchy thing to say, right? If you guys know me, I'm not really churchy, so just just wait, right? But that is that is easy to say. Like, yes, you're right. We need to trust God over the opinion of man. But the reality is that we all have this inner need to be liked, right? I see it in my daughters. I have a uh, three and a five-year-old, almost four and six, can't believe it. And my five-year-old is in kindergarten. And man, it kind of breaks my heart sometimes because she has this inner fear that's just naturally coming out. Like she doesn't want to do certain things because someone might laugh at her, right? She doesn't want to, you know, stand out in too much of a way. And we, we kind of all have this need to be liked. We all have this need to be liked and to fit in and to be part of the crowd. And so when we're called by God to not do that, which lots of times can happen, we're called to step out. Joshua was called to step out. You know, I guarantee that, I mean, human nature just tells us with that many people, there was people that were thinking, Joshua's lost it. Like, I think he's lost it mentally, like too many days in the desert. Joshua, <laughs> like, I mean, we're following you here. Moses said to follow you and everything, and God seems like he told us to follow you, but I don't know. I think you've lost it. Too much manna. Too many days. In, I mean, jo you, you know there was whispering. There was 
mumbling in the camp at night. You know, maybe they were silent during the day because they're like, Joshua was watching. Okay, it's nighttime. Let's talk about our plan. This doesn't work. You know that was happening. And as a leader, he knew that this was like he was all in. As this was his leadership, this was his career, this was everything. Now, he's been in the wilderness for 40 years waiting to take the promised land. So this is a big deal, not, not an easy decision, because these are the people that he's been leading. He's called to lead, and now he could be very, very, very unpopular. But he was willing, he made a decision that the only thing that mattered was what God thought. You see, sometimes things that God is asking us to do aren't going to make sense. In fact, I have found that a lot of times they don't necessarily make sense, especially to people that don't know God. You know, we just watched that Vision Builders video, and I've had the pleasure of, of meeting and spending some time with them, and they are amazing people. And it can be easy to watch that and think, well, that's, you know, that doesn't make a lot of sense to do that. Like, that sounds a little bit crazy. It doesn't make sense sometimes to do the things that God is calling us to do. People's opinions, it can be easy to hear the critics. It can be easy to hear the critics that tell you that, you know, taking less time at work to do an internship that you have to pay for, that that doesn't make sense because God is calling you to do it. It doesn't make sense. The world tells you it doesn't make sense to give more time at church. You're already too busy. It doesn't make sense to give 10% of your income to the world because that's your money. But it's actually God's money. Okay, that's not always a popular thing to say. So we're getting unpopular here up here. But when you, when you want a brave heart, you have to choose God's opinion over man's opinion. Few people. So it's okay. It's all right. Uh, see, the, the great thing that I have found is when you, when you get to a place where you fear God and that's it, you actually have a new sense of confidence. Because you realize that he's there. Isaiah 41.10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious hand. When you have a brave heart, you don't look to the left and to the right and to social media and to your friends to figure out if it makes sense. No, you just ask, is this what God is telling me to do? And you do it. That is the first way to have a brave heart. And, and when you do that, I'm telling you, it's like a burden comes off. It's like a burden comes off and you have this new confidence. You have a new swagger. You kind of just walk like, okay. <laughs> you have a swagger because it's not just about you anymore. It's not about you at all. It's about who's behind you. God says he's there. He's got your back. And so when you step out and you say, you know what, this might make me unpopular, or maybe you don't understand, or maybe I don't understand in my own head, 
But I know that this is what God's word is telling me, and this is what God is telling me to do, and so I'm going to do it. You have a new confidence. It was with a brave heart that Noah built an ark when it had never rained enough in the history of the world to have water pool up. Okay, that had never happened, and Noah built an ark. That was with a brave heart and a confidence in God, not man's opinion. I can, can you just hear the people talking about Noah walking by saying, oh, hey, nice boat, and laughing, right? Or, oh, hey, I, I saw some rain clouds when it's like a clear sky. He had to have a brave heart. It was with a brave heart that Moses had to go to Pharaoh, the king, who could have just killed him right then, saying, let my people go, when his own people didn't even really like him. Right? Speaking of someone who's unpopular, Moses was extremely unpopular a lot of his life, but he didn't care because he made a choice. He said, I will do what God tells me to do. It was with confidence that David killed a giant when the entire nation was standing there terrified. It was with a brave heart that Daniel spent a night in the lion's den and refused to bow down to the statue. And it is with a brave heart that we are going to step out as a church, that we are going to step and move into what God is calling us to do as a church. See, we're never standing alone. Even if you might feel like or fear that when you stand up, and you might be unpopular or be misunderstood, you're never alone. Because God is good God, and he said that he is with you. Now, I'm not talking about being some loner, right? Saying, like, it's just me and God. We're good. No. Connect week. (laughs) And connect life, because you do not want to do this alone. I have had the privilege of getting plugged into an amazing community of C3 San Diego. And this actually wasn't even in here, but I just have to share that Pastor Becky, who is the campus, uh, central campus pastor in San Diego, has been talking with me all week, helping me with my message, praying with me. That is community. We cannot do this in a silo. But unfortunately, a lot of times, we, we swing it so far because we want to be in community, but really we don't want to be in like this, this perfect community in our own mind where we're popular and we never upset anyone and, and we sacrifice our calling on the altar of popularity. We sacrifice our anointing. We sacrifice what God is calling us to do because we don't want to upset anyone. We don't want to be seen as not tolerant, right? We want to be liked. I know that I like to be liked. I, I get very upset when people don't like me. I've kind of gotten over that. Uh, but when, thanks, I've got one fan. <laughs> Two of you, awesome. Uh, so the first thing, to have a brave heart, we have to choose the opinion of God over the opinion of people. The second thing is don't put God in a box. Don't put God in a box. See, the Israelites had witnessed miracle after miracle. They saw the Red Sea parted. Pretty cool, yeah? They saw the Jordan River parted, okay? 
They saw manna from heaven. They saw some amazing miracles. But there was actually some people that were starting to kind of label God as like a nature God. To label God, to put kind of God in this box of like, well, he'll do some miracles with the weather. and I mean, but our city... I mean, he can't get into this city with these huge walls. That You know, Jericho had been around for a 1,000 years, and people actually lived in the walls. It was like 25 feet tall. This was a city that was viewed by all the nations as impossible to get in. Impossible. And so God is saying, I am not a one-trick pony I'm not just going to do things the way that I've always done them. No, no. I'm the God of the universe. I've created everything. God has created everything. That's kind of hard to understand, right? Sometimes it's hard to get our minds around that. It's big. God is a big God. When I became a Christian, I had been Catholic and became a Christian and kind of a Pentecostal church. And so for me, I went from kind of just going to church and to all of a sudden feeling this power of God. But then when I went to college, it was very theological. There was a lot of theology there. And I'm not saying anything against theology because we need to understand our faith. But the more that we try to put God in our minds and completely explain him away, the more we put God in a box. Because we are his creation. We cannot understand our creator completely. We can understand. He shows us glimpses. He shows us pieces. But can you imagine if Joshua would have tried to explain, you know, he gets the plan from God and then he goes, okay, we're going to take this city. God has given us a promise. But, like, now let's look at a strategy book on how to take a city. How often do we do that to God? How often do we feel God calling us to do something and then we make a plan? Now, again, I'm not saying plans are bad, but when we make so many plans and we start making safe choices, we paralyze ourselves. We are paralyzing ourselves from stepping out with a brave heart, from stepping out to what God is calling us to do, and we're limiting God in our life. God is a limitless God, but we can limit what he can do in our life if we're not willing to step out. Joshua had a brave heart, and he realized that he was not going to limit God to what he had seen him do in the past. He wasn't going to say, okay, well, you know, let's do it this way that you did it before. He knew that God likes to do things a new way. God wants to do a new thing in our city, in this church, in you. As I look around and see so many of you that I I know and love, I I just picture what God is calling each of you out to. It is not always going to be an easy step, and it can be so easy to make safe choices, smart choices, and convince yourself to kind of back up a little bit. God is calling us out. 
I personally know of times, and I can think of many, um, but last year I really realized that I had put God in a box when it came to his, the Holy Spirit. Because as I said, I went to college, and in, it was a Baptist college. Well, it was like a loosely Baptist college, so it was a great college, and I loved it. But there was people in my class who just hadn't experienced the Holy Spirit in the way that I had. But I was 18 years old, and I didn't really know, and so they convinced me that, you know, if you have experienced the Holy Spirit, that's fine, but just keep it to yourself. Like, don't really, you know, that's just kind of like, Put it over here. Like, put it on a box and then, like, over here. And then when you maybe sometimes want to go get it, you can, like, bring it back over. Right? But the Holy Spirit is, is part of the Trinity. It is, it's where the power can co- comes from, that God wants to give us power and authority. Well, come on. <laughs> Boom. Holy Spirit up in here. And last summer, God really showed me that I've been walling myself up and not allowing the Holy Spirit to move in and through me like he wanted to. And I know that for some of you this is this is different and it's maybe uncomfortable to hear or talk about, but I started praying in the Holy Spirit, in my spiritual language. And that has transformed my life. It brings power because it's not about me. Again, it's about God moving in and through. And I feel that I need to share that because I want each of you to experience that. I don't want to keep it for myself. I want all of us to have brave hearts. I want all of us to be able to, to, to realize that we're following and we're walking with a limitless God who cannot be confined in a box. You think that one's uncomfortable? Next one that I put God in a box was in our finances. And Pastor Vince has talked about this, but I was way worse than he was. I was terrified because we went through some seasons in our marriage and early on when we didn't know how we were going to buy food. So we were in this season, and God always provided. But part of me just kept this mentality, this fear that we had to, like, hold on to what we had so that we would never get back to that place again. This fear that, I mean, we don't want to give too much because, like, we need, like, we have kids, right? And God challenged me saying, do you think that I'm limited in what I can give you and by being scared and not stepping out and not giving what God was calling me to give or not even thinking like that I was limiting the blessing that God could pour down on our life in Luke chapter 6 38 it says give and you will receive your gift will return to you in full pressed down shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And I have to be honest that I struggled with that verse before. I was like, God, I don't don't think we're supposed to give to get. Like, no, I'm just going to give. Like, I don't need to get anything. But God is showing that he wants to give. Because God is a good God, and he wants to pour an overflow. 
And so I want to encourage you, whatever area it is this morning that you've been putting God in a box, maybe it's with your finances, maybe it's with his power in the Holy Spirit, maybe it's with relationships, maybe you've been hurt and you don't want to put yourself out there again, maybe God wants to do a creative miracle and heal something in you health-wise, a marriage, whatever it is this morning, I want to encourage us to think outside the box. The reality is is that both Joshua and Noah had stopped putting God in a box. It it gave them the confidence to step out. They went all in on God. I want to go all in on God. I'll take that bet any day because it's not about me anymore. Right? It's about God. It's not about the abilities that I can do. It's not about what I can do. Because I will be the first to tell you that if it's just about the abilities of me, I will fail every time. Because we all have flaws. We all have areas. But if when we just try to do it on our own, because I think what so often happens is we, we say, okay, God, I see what you want to do. Like, let's do this. And we just start working. We start striving. We get tired, right? And that's another way that we, we kind of, put God in this box without realizing it. We don't even realize that we've done, we've almost like, not, he doesn't even have a box. We've just shut him over here because we think that we can do it all and we have our plan, we have our hustle, we have our goals. I've been there. It can happen quick. And then all of a sudden you're like, God, why am I so tired? Where are you? And God's saying, well, I'm away over here. Like, wait, like you can't even, like over here, can't see me. But seriously, that's where I've, I've been there, where we wonder where God is. If you're wondering where God is, where have you put him? Where have you put him? God wants you to bring him close. He wants you to dream God-sized dreams, dreams that are so big that if you don't have God, you're not going to do it. God wants you to dream bigger so that you need him. Because if, if we dream attainable goals, then we don't, that's when God ends up over there. Most people don't intentionally put God over there, right? It happens when we have goals and dreams and visions that we can do We start going after them, and then we push God away. God wants you to dream bigger so that he can show up, and then you can give him the glory. So to have a brave heart, first, you have to choose God's opinion over a man's opinion. Second, don't put God in a box. And third, finally, Joshua had a brave heart because he realized that they were going to have to fight the promise. Check this out. Come on. Yes. (laughs) Never take our freedom. I love that scene. Love it. If you don't know, that's the movie Braveheart. Now you know. You need to go watch it. It's, It's intense. It's very sad. I bawled the first time I saw it anyways. But William Wallace, that was William Wallace, He was showing them. He was convincing. They were saying, no, we're not going to fight. But he knew 
that what they were wanting, that, that freedom, they were going to have to fight for it. They weren't going to be able to just sit back and get it. What do I want to encourage us this morning is that to have a brave heart, Joshua and the Israelites had to stand up. And once the walls came down, they had to go in and take it. The, the, the Israelites' promise and portion was the promised land. They were already given the city. But they had to step out. They had to go fight for it. Right? God is God. He could have not only, he did this later in the Bible where he took out an entire army while they were sleeping. Right? So God could have just taken them all out. But he knew that the Israelites, the nation needed to realize that they were going to now, the time of manna from heaven was over and the time to step out and fight was here. And I want to encourage us and challenge us this morning. How many times in our life have we let promises of God die because we're sitting back waiting for God to deliver them on our doorstep in a nice little package? And God is saying, no, you need to stand up. You need to fight. You need to believe for your promise. If you don't believe me, check this out. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authority of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. See, William Wallace, the thing I love about that clip is that he realized the cost of not fighting. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, his wife gets killed. He had decided that he didn't want to fight himself, and he was just going to live this peaceful life. And they came and they took his wife and killed her, and he realized that the cost of not fighting was more than the cost of putting your life on the line and fighting up and standing up. See, we have an enemy. We have a real enemy. See, our battle, that's what that verse is talking about, is not against physical flesh and blood. It's against spiritual. There is an enemy who wants to come, steal. He doesn't want us to have our promises. He doesn't want us to stand up and do a mighty move of God in this city. He has been holding on to this city for far too long, and he does not want to give it up. But God is calling us to stand up to put on our armor and fight. Let's go. Come on. We don't have to guess how to fight. We have God's word. We have the Bible. The thing about the Bible that is so amazing is that it's a living word. So you can read the Bible afresh each day and God will point things out to you for you 
And so if you're sitting here going, you know what? I actually don't have like a promise that I've let die. I want to encourage you that you have a book full of promises. The Bible is a book full of promises that you can claim over your life. Prophesy that over your life. That God wants you to have abundance. That God wants you to have a full life. Prophesy that. But I know that there are so many of you in this room that have promises. That maybe promises that you have stopped believing in. Maybe you've been still believing, but you're barely holding on. Because it just feels like it's not going to happen and you have the critics telling you that it's because you didn't really hear it, or you have your own mind telling you that, and you have the doubt and the fear come in, and the enemy just whispers in and says, yeah, God doesn't want that for you, and you start to sit back. I've been there for far too long, and I personally am ready to stand and fight because the second weapon we have goes back to what I was talking about before with the Holy Spirit, and that is the power of prayer. Now, I'm not talking about a nice little prayer where you say, Dear Jesus, please be with me and make me brave. Amen. That is a prayer that I actually said with my daughter for far too long at night. And then we started declaring instead. We said, Jesus, you make me brave. You do that. You are going to give me peace. And we're not telling God anything that he doesn't already want for us. Okay, we're not like bossing God around. God just wants us to declare what he has already promised over our life. He wants us to stand up, to believe it, and to declare, and keep declaring, keep fighting until it happens. God wants to say, we bind sickness in the name of Jesus and declare that by his stripes we are healed. Sorry, I'm just getting all riled up here. But sickness be gone. And you keep saying that over your body. You keep saying that over your life until it is gone. I have seen far too many people that I love die from sickness. And so God, the devil used that to, to put a block in my mind to believe, but no more because now I have seen people healed from sickness. And I'm going to claim that over my life and over those in my life. And I want to encourage you to do that too. Pray prayers, I declare the business contract is ours. I cancel any scheme of the enemy to keep it out of our hands. I rebuke the devourer who wants to steal and destroy, and I declare an open heaven over, over my financial world in Jesus' name. Another one is I declare freedom over anxiety and depression in Jesus' name, and I claim peace of mind. Lord, I claim victory and freedom from addiction, and the chains are broken off. God wants to unlock something in each of you. He wants to unlock freedom. Just picture in the morning, picture William Wallace yelling freedom. That's what I'm going to do. Freedom. Say, we have much greater freedom in Jesus than William Wallace ever knew. I know it's just a movie, okay? But we have freedom in Christ. We need to start living like it. We're, in a minute, we're going to come together around a time of what you might think of as worship, and I want to view it as battle. We're going to go to battle over the promises in our life that we have let die, that we have given up on. We are going to stand up and say, no more. We are going to fight. We are going to declare, and we are going to prophesy. But before we do that, I know 
And I, I cannot go on without saying that if you don't have Jesus in your life, if you don't know him personally, that you can't have a truly brave heart because without Jesus, none of this is possible. Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins so that we could be brave, so that we could be free. And so this morning, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, I just want you to take a look at your heart. We're in the Check Your Heart series, and I really want us to check our heart this morning. Do you know Jesus? Do you really know him? Is he in your heart? Have you allowed him to heal you and restore you? Have you asked him to forgive your sins and come in and make you new? Or maybe you did that a long time ago, but you have pushed him so far out the door that he is not anywhere near anymore. And you have pushed him away and you want him to come back. Without anyone looking around, this is just between you and God. Just go ahead and raise your hand this morning and say, I want Jesus. I want to accept Jesus in my heart. I want to know Jesus this morning. I see your hand. Now I I couldn't go on I couldn't talk this morning about fighting and standing up without encouraging you to take a next step. And so I really, I want to encourage you to have a brave heart this morning. And if you raised your hand, I want you to come on down. We're all going to, can everybody stand up this morning? And if you are next to someone that raised their hand or if you raised your hand, just grab a friend and come on down. I want to pray with you this morning. And we just want to encourage you this morning that you've taken that step. It's okay. I'm going to give another second. Come on down. I love you guys so much. This is a big deal. We're just going to pray a prayer this together this morning. Let's all pray this together. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, come in, restore, clean me up, and make me new. I want to die to myself and live for you. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a huge hand, everybody. Such a big deal. Such a big deal. Our, our team's going to come around you and just let's give them one more hand that is awesome that's what it's all about never forget when you first that moment when you first met Jesus never forget now I want to encourage you this morning stay standing and again check your heart close your eyes for a minute with me and check your heart what is it that God has promised you what is it that God has spoken to you in your moments with God, in those quiet moments when he whispered to you, or maybe it was a loud moment 
Or maybe it was many promises that you have been, that have been spoken over you that you've been, or maybe it's something that you gave up a long time ago. You stopped believing. I want to encourage us, let's press in this morning as we play this song and seek God. If you want prayer this morning, we're going to have our ministry team down here. We'd love to pray over you, but I, I think a lot of us, we just need time with God to war it out with God. So pray and claim, and let's go.